Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Welcome. I'm glad that you are streaming with us tonight. Welcome to the World Broadcasting Center in Old Town Temecula, California. Come on in, lean in, get your mobile device, get your big 70-inch screen Wherever you're going to get in touch with God tonight, i got an amazing lesson I want to share with you. So I just want to say thank you for being here. And we are trying to navigate and negotiate church and streaming and the pandemic. And so thank you for your prayers and asking God to give us wisdom as we kind of lead the church into the end of the year. And then in a couple of weeks, starting just a, a brand new year, 2021. I've already been working on some things for 2021. I'm excited about that. And so I just want to say thank you for being here tonight. I got a lesson that I feel will bless you, and it's something that I've learned along the way. And so I want to share with you this. Here's the title of my lesson, Five Things I Know About Serving God. I don't know a whole lot, do I? I only know five. But I'm still saved after 60 years, and I'm pastoring. So the five things I have kind of whittled down to, I'm going to say the essentials of serving God. And as I kind of thought about my lesson tonight and where we are in the pandemic, I think if, if we're not careful, we can get a little lax in our walk with God. And if we're not nailed down and we're not committed and we don't believe wholeheartedly, I'm telling you, in this pandemic, you could get washed out to sea. And it's every pastor's desire is that everybody stays on the ship. And yes, I ha- I've had to swim out to sea and kind of catch a few people. But I want to tell you tonight, if you'll track with me, walk with me, run with me tonight, and make note of these five things that God will bless you if you do. Number one, here's the first one, is pray. Prayer is essential. You talk about an essential business and things that are essential during the pandemic. I'm giving you five dots to connect that I feel are essential to stay saved, not only in a pre-pandemic environment, but to stay saved during a pandemic. I've, I've always maintained and maybe I've complained a little bit because the pandemic doesn't let us get into the altar and cry with one another and hug one another and pray for one another, and the ministry coming along, laying hands on people, and them getting a breakthrough. You see, that's been stripped away from us. And and, and, in those times at the altar, pre-pandemic, a lot of victories were won. A lot of people were encouraged. A lot of people were refilled in their spirit with hope. But now the altar calls and the prayer times and the crying, as we've known it, now has to take place in private. And I'm a little concerned that it's not taking place in the privacy of every home. Not just me, but every pastor, regardless of denomination. We love God's people. We want people to get saved, and then we need to keep people saved. And things in life happen that if we're not careful and we don't tether ourselves to some anchors, we could kind of drift back out. So I say prayer is important. I thank God for the prayer team. Brother and Sister Foster... Sister Gidget, Sister Trudy, there's a handful that come no matter what. Every Friday, 6.30 to 7.30, they'll be taken off 
the next couple of Fridays next week because one the day is actually Christmas and actually New Year's. But year-round, they are here. They know the essentiality to prayer. And I want someone to get a revelation tonight. Again, five things I know about serving God. Samuel Chadwick said this, Satan laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles at our prayer. Wow, what a quote, Samuel Chadwick. Satan laughs, he mocks, but he trembles at our prayer. Prayer is essential. Paul said in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. Okay, this Apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament. I think he knows something. When the Apostle Paul speaks, I lean into it. It's profound. It's revelatory. It's needful. But in everything by prayer and supplication, I'm praying. I'm submitting to the will of God. So I want to encourage you here tonight that you need to have the sensuality of prayer in your life. And I think more so, hear me, more so in a pandemic. We haven't had any midweek church since the middle of March where we'd gather. I'm teaching from the church here in Old Town Temecula. It's an empty building, save two wonderful media people that are helping us stream. Thank you, guys. But remember when we would come here between connect groups and we would have the kids going on behind me, the youth going on, going on behind the media, preschool going, everybody getting their dose of God at their level. And we had some amazing teaching and preaching in the sanctuary. That's gone. And so now most of you are streaming on a mobile device, maybe some on a big screen, sitting comfortably in your home, maybe in an office chair. It's not the same. But we will together make it through. But I have to emphasize prayer is a part of what we need. Let me give you a couple of things that are hindrances to prayer according to Scripture. Some hindrances to prayer. See, my prayers don't work. My prayers just bounce off the ceiling. My prayers go nowhere. Well, maybe there's some things that are hindering your prayer. Number one, wrong motives. What are you praying for and why? That's going to hinder your prayer. Sin will hinder your prayer. If there's sin in your life, idols in your home, idols in your life, What's an idol? Anything that exalts itself above your relationship and knowledge of God. The idol in itself may not be sinful, but when you place it above God, you know what, my friend? Your prayers are just going to bounce off the ceiling. I'm talking about hindrances to prayers because prayers are the highway into where God is. It's the gateway. It's the pathway. What else hinders the prayers? Unforgiving spirit. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, where do you get all this? It's in the Bible. I'm just putting it in modern English so you can understand it. Prayer is valuable. Prayer is needful. 
What else calls the hindrances to prayer? Watch this. Surprisingly, disharmony in the home. Mm, I didn't know that, Pastor. It's true. Search your Bible. I can save you some time if you'll just take my word. But disharmony in the home. Chaos. At each other. Spirits colliding. Flesh and spiritual. Just a quagmire of a mess. It's disharmony. Hey, folks, we got to get along with one another, but we got to get along with our spouses and our children and our homes. Why? Because we're supposed to. And the Bible says it hinders my prayers. So if nothing's happening in my life and I'm praying, something's blocking that. There's an obstruction. There's a hindrance. What else is a hindrance to prayers? Unbelief. We pray for healing. We pray for jobs. We pray for homes. We pray for relationships. And when you pray, if you don't think it's going to happen, that's called unbelief. It's not going to happen. It's a hindrance. Wrong motives, sin, idols in our lives, unforgiving spirits, disharmony in our home, and unbelief. So if you can hear me tonight... As I bring five things to you, this is the first one. Again, I mentioned five things I know about serving God. What I want to do is I want to simplify this for you to where if you only can remember five things about God in church, you know what? You'll get to heaven and you'll make it. You'll still be standing when the pandemic is long gone. And thank God we're on our way Vaccine was shipped this week another, from another company. It's being shipped on Friday. Thank God for modern medicine. I thank God for the master physician. But put those together, my friend, and we can kind of stay together. But I got to make sure as a pastor that we get through this standing strong and standing united on the other side of this pandemic. Because I really believe in my heart in 2021, God's going to bring this church back together, his body. Not our church by itself, but the body of Christ. And there's going to be a revival in the land. Why? Because we stood and we waited and we were patient on God and we pushed ahead. Why? Because we learned some things on the way. And what I learned a long time ago is I need prayer. This church needs prayer. You need prayer. Amen. That's number one. Five things. Let me give you a few more. Number two, I need the Bible. We need the word of God. The psalmist said in 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. Now here's what I conclude, just my own human brain. The more I know about God, the more I know how to live for him. And I'm not violating his principles because I've learned what God likes and what God dislikes what God craves and loves, and what God hates. When I hide the word of God in my heart, it gives me a bigger picture about who God is and how I can walk in harmony with God's wishes and will and preferences. So yes, thy word have I hid in my heart. What's the word? It's the word of God. It's the Bible. Psalms 119, it says in the New Living Translation, I have thought much about your words and stored them in my heart so that, I, so that they may hold me back from sin. Okay? 
King James says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Living Bible translation, again, I have thought much about your words and stored them in my heart. Why? So that they would hold me back from sin. The word of God is quick and it's powerful. And it's a spoken word. Matthew chapter 4, the gospel. Jesus is tempted three times, three times. And in two of those temptations, he says this, it is written. That's the power of the spoken word. Three temptations in the gospel of Matthew 4. Jesus' rebuttal to the temptation is, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It is written. Do not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. So what is Jesus doing here? Here's my takeaway. To withstand and overcome temptation, he's quoting the written word of God. That's why David said, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. It's the power of the spoken word. Psalms 119, 105, your words are a flashlight. This is the Living Translation, the Living Bible. Your words are a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. Your word is a light unto my feet, King James, and a lamp unto my path. In, in other words, it illuminates where I'm living, that I can discern good from evil. And in some cases, I could discern good from God. We already did a Connect series on good or God. Not everything that is good is from God. So if your words are a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path, that enables me to discern what is the voice of God or the voice of man, or watch me here, what is the voice of God or the desire of my heart? You see, sometimes those are two different things. And if we're not careful, they're two different outcomes. Hello, somebody. So the word of God that's in my heart helps me understand the will of God for my life. Nobody, I don't think anybody in their right mind, would do anything outside the will of God if they knew it wasn't the will of God. But sometimes our fleshly desires and our heart and the pull of what we want overrides and commandeers the voice and the will of God. And in some cases, I've seen it commandeer common sense. It just steamrolled common Well, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. I got to make sure what we are doing is blessed by God and his, his word in his people illuminate where we live. We're living in dark times, no doubt. We're trying to figure out how to keep the church moving forward. Yes, we are. Every pastor, including myself, is trying to figure out how to keep people saved. When, when we get post-pandemic, whenever that is, I've been following it and you know, CDC, the Surgeon General, Dr. Fauci said, hey, maybe the vaccine is to whoever wants it in June. Dr. Fauci said several weeks back, and maybe he's changed at this point, 
to the good, I hope, that maybe some normalcy will be back third quarter of 2021 or fourth quarter of 2021. What does that mean in layman's terms? The second half of next year. And I'm just trusting and hoping and believing that when we get back to the normalcy of the second half of next year, if that's what they're going to say, that everybody that called this their church home is still here serving God, feet planted, believing in God. Why? Because they prayed. They've understood how to pray. They've understood about the Word of God. Again, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about five things I know about serving God. Maybe I should have made another slide that said, five things I know about surviving with God. Surviving what? Life, marriage, health, job, pandemic, pandemia, if you want to say it in Spanish. It's a global phenomenon. Five things I know about surviving. When things aren't normal, I have to have a normal relationship with God. That was good, folks. Tweet it out. Put it on your Facebook. Mm, I got anointed. I've got to know that I am still serving God. Then a pandemic can't not derail my relationship. In fact, I'm saying, you know what it should? It should amp it up. It should rev it up. It should crank it up. Why? Because I'm determined when it's all gone and this disease and all of this has blown over and the winds of this life have blown, I'm still standing. And there's a church standing in Temecula and there's over 300 people that's still standing and say, hey, thank God we weathered the storm. Thank God I learned about prayer. Thank God I learned about Bible reading. And thank God I drilled down a little deeper. And now I'm a little more acquainted with these essentials that I need to stay saved. Oh, someone in your living room shout amen. Or in your car at your desk. Come on, this is good preaching. Amen. Okay, five things I know. I've given you two. What are they? Prayer. And on the screen you can see Bible. Let me give you the third one. Fast. Or fasting. You see, fasting denies the flesh. The flesh is at war with the spirit. What is natural to the flesh is not natural to the spirit in most cases. So I've got to make sure, you have to make sure, this church has to make sure that our flesh isn't leading and guiding us because it will take us down a path of destruction as time goes on. So what does fasting do? It denies the flesh. Apostle Paul said in Romans 8 and 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Romans 8 and 6. For to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. In other words, when you're living in the flesh, you're thinking fleshly carnal things. In other words, the old saying is, you live by the sword... Come on, what's the rest of it? You die by the sword. You live by the flesh, you die by the flesh. You live by the Spirit of God, you're going to win by the Spirit of God. So all I'm saying here is I understand this, that I have to pray, I've got to read my Bible, I have to fast, and these are essential nuggets, stepping stones to staying saved.
things I know, not that many, but I know how to serve God. I know how to live for God. I know how to get ready to walk on streets of gold and preach people of darkness into his marvelous. But you got to help yourself. You got to help the cause and you got to stay safe. And when you're feeling weak, you got to go back to the basics. The basics, prayer, Bible reading, fasting is three of the five I'm sharing with you right now. Don't ever lose that. I don't care how smart you get. I don't care how spiritual you get. I don't care how many discerning of the spirits you can detect. I don't care how many prophetic words you can speak into the atmosphere. If you can't stay saved by prayer and Bible reading and fasting, your words of prophetic prophecy mean nothing because you're not in tune with the spirit. You're in tune with the flesh. Mm, That's good preaching. Come on, somebody. Okay. Romans 8 and 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Romans 8, 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Do you hear me? If I'm in the flesh, I can't please God. What gets me in the flesh? Prayer, Bible reading, fasting so far. That gets me in the spirit, rather. Absent from that, I'm walking in the flesh. I'm not walking in the Spirit. So I've got to continually, I want you to hear me, somebody. I've got to continually have these stepping stones to keep me full of the Holy Ghost. When we can't gather in a midweek, and Sundays are fragile right now at times. But I'm not any weaker in my walk with God. I want to say I'm stronger. I want want you to be stronger because we've learned We've been in training all this time, and it's been easy. But now it's a little tough maybe to stay focused. Come on, go back to your training. Everything that you've thought and taught, everything that you've heard, your prayer, your Bible reading, your fasting, let's put it in play right now. And come on, we got to stay saved. we got to stay tender to God. we got to, mm, come on. Yeah. Here's a question. Paul said in Romans 8, 7, Enmity, enmity, enmity. That's an odd word, is it not? What is enmity? What's the definition? In Latin, the word enemy was an enemicus. From the word, we get enmity, which we use for a synonym for hatred or animosity, hostility, ill will, or often the signs of that. So we are an enemy of God. We are at odds with God if we are walking in the flesh. We've got to make sure we walk in the Spirit, friend. And the keys to that on your key ring, prayer, Bible reading, fasting. Let me give you another one. This may be perplexing to you. Giving. Why giving? Because the Bible says, where my heart is, there my treasure is also. So if my heart is at Calvary, if my heart is in ministry, if my heart is at the church, then I'm putting God first by an act of faith and obedience. Can I remind us tonight? I'm not really even teaching on tithing offerings, but it happens to be part of the nuggets. Again, five things I know. I know this. I've lived this. I've practiced this. I trained my kids with this. I'm training our grandkids like this. I've taught it at this church for 21 years. That giving is an act of faith and obedience. And let me just 
encourage someone, that's a better word tonight, that your faithfulness to God is paramount in December. With all the gifts, all the pressure, all the food, all the preparation, if I'm going to stay connected to God and walk in the Spirit, then my obedience in giving, the expression of my understanding is that God supplies all my needs. I've always been a believer. If I put God first, all my needs, and I want to live in the overflow, I feel like I am. Then I'm going to say, as I taught a while back, even my wants are blessed by God. But let me just tell you, come on, be faithful in December. Don't cut God short. Don't shortchange your act of faith and obedience. When you get that increase, God is first, and then God blows up the 85%. I, I have always taught and preached 10% tithe, 5% offering. I'm not going down that path. All I'm saying is five things I know about God, this is one of them. Prayer. Bible reading, fasting, my giving, all these things are a part of what God wants to bless us with. God spoke about money and possessions in the Gospels. I didn't do the study. I just did a little research, but someone said in, the, in here, as they said, uh, 15% of everything Jesus said related to, related to money or possessions. That's a lot. They, oh, he just did miracles. He healed the, healed the lame. He walked on water. Yeah, he did all that too. But there was an earthly kingdom that he was setting up that have to, had to move forward by the generosity and the act of obedience by faith through God's people. And so part of my spiritual life is my actions concerning money and possessions that I'm putting God first. You see, in Luke 19, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And when Jesus got a hold of his heart and salvation came to his house that day, he said this to Jesus, I'll pay back four times and give half to the poor. That's what Zacchaeus said. So if he's a tax collector, and back then that was a bad thing, and maybe it is a bad thing now too, But back then, they were despised and rejected. People hated them. But now, God comes into Zacchaeus' life, and he says, hey, I'm going to do this regarding money. And then Jesus picks up and says, today salvation has come to this house. He said that after Zacchaeus said, hey, I'm going to be right with money. Again, what do I know about God? Five things. Prayer, Bible reading, fasting, Giving, Matthew 19. Let me give you a contrasting story. In Luke 19, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay back four times. Matthew 19, different book, same chapter. The rich young ruler's counterpart to Zacchaeus. You see, Jesus knows what's keeping him away from God. It's his attachment to money, possessions, and things. That's his God. Contrasting stories. Zacchaeus, salvation has come. Rich young ruler, here's what I've studied out. Maybe you can help me find out if I've missed something, okay? About the rich young ruler. 
When he asks Jesus, what must he do to be saved? Jesus tells him to sell all that you have, give it to the poor, follow me. Okay? I personally believe that was a question of submission or a statement maybe. That Jesus was testing the spirit and the sincerity of the question of the rich young ruler. But this is what I want you to notice. When the rich young ruler turns that day and walks away from Jesus after Jesus said, take all that you have, go sell it to the poor, he turns, he doesn't do that. Watch this. From that point on, it's almost as if the rich young ruler vanishes off the pages of the Bible, never to be heard from since. What happened to him? He vaporized. Hey, search it out. I can't find him anywhere. The rich young ruler isn't even mentioned. All I'm saying, my friend, if I'm going to serve God, giving is a part of it. My time, my talent, my skill set. What are you giving to the marketplace that you're not giving to ministry? You're robbing God. And my treasure, which is money. Okay, I'm not here to get on all about the money. I'm just telling you. It's one of the nuggets in the five things that I know about serving God. I've been serving God a long time. And I practice and do these things faithfully and religiously. And now at 60 years old, I can truly say, honor to God, I feel like I'm living in the overflow. Because these things work, my friend. So that's four. Prayer. Let me recap. I'm going to give you the fifth one. Bible reading, fasting, giving, and then the fifth is attending. Being in the house of God or streaming into the house of God or watching in the house of God is paramount. Because it's from the house of God that we get our strength, our understanding, our revelation. And so in this pandemic, folks, every Sunday is optional where you are comfortable. We're trying not to pressure people. But please know I'm down here every Sunday preaching at 10 o'clock. We have decided, it will go out in advertisement, we have decided this week, our leadership team, that we're going to continue one service in January because of the pandemic. We're trying to be cautious and careful, not trying to pack out the building. So we're going to be one service in January, 10 o'clock. But wherever you're the most comfortable, all I'm saying as a pastor, you need to attend via technology or in person. And just... mm, Grade your heart. Let me be polite. Inventory your heart. If you are streaming from home, when you know in your heart you could probably bounce into the church and worship with us, that's not the same from home, my friend. I'm just saying, you figure that out between you and God. God knows all things. And if I'm, if I'm zigzagging around SoCal all during the week, and then I got a stream on Sunday because of COVID. What about all my zigzagging around through the week that I didn't seem to bother me too much? All I'm saying, hear me, folks, don't turn it off. I'm not done preaching yet. You've got to figure out in your heart where that balance is and be honest with God. 
Because here's what I know. You can fool me. Oh, pastor, I'm afraid. Okay, well, be safe. What, what can I say? What can any pastor say? But you know what? You can't fool God. And if streaming is where you're at in this pandemic, it's okay. I bless that. But all I say is be honest with all the other comings and goings that you do or the people that come and go out of your house. All I'm saying, let's be honest with God. Why? Because I know five things. What are they? I know we have to pray. I know that. I can't walk in the spirit living in the flesh. You know what I know? I know I need the word of God. Study, preach, hear it, taught, read it, etc., etc. I know I need to deny the flesh and fast. I know. I know I need to be a good steward of my time, talent, and resources. I know. I know I need to be where the presence of God is. And again, we're in a pandemic. You get to this church via technology or in-person Sunday where and how you feel the most comfortable. I'm not going to judge it. God judges that. But you have to attend church. My preference, where I think it's honorable before God, that if you're streaming, it's a live stream and you're not watching it on your phone in bed Tuesday night because you got too busy. Hello, somebody. Okay, I'm just trying to help somebody. Okay, I want you to look at the screen now. On your screen, you should see all five things that I know about serving God. Okay, I want you to take a minute. I'm going to pause for 20, 30 seconds. I want you to get your phone out. Or do a screen grab if you're on a mobile device. And I want you to save this to your photos. Come on, this is your homework. I'm going to pause for 20 minutes. Get your phone out. Shoot your 70-inch screen. Do a screen grab on your computer, your mobile device. Let's do that real quickly, then I'll begin to wrap up here. Prayer. Bible. Fast. Give and attend. Prayer, Bible, fast, give and attend. What happens when you attend church? In this case, when you stream, perhaps. Five important things happen. Number one, community. You receive encouragement, you're exposed to truth, your family develops faith, and you catch the church mission and vision. That's what happens. David said in Psalms 122 and verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So attendance is very, very important. You need a church, and you need a pastor to be saved. Self-guided tours aren't the way to live for God. Whenever, if you've done any traveling, and there's been maybe parks or monuments, my wife and I this last, oh, December, this month, a year ago, thankfully the church was kind, and after, for our 20 
year anniversary for the church. They bought us 10 days in Europe. And we were in St. Peter's Basilica at the Vatican in Rome, Roma, the Emerald City. And there was a tour guide that you could pay to take you around St. Peter's Basilica and talk about all the statues and the paintings, etc., etc. Or you could do a self-guided tour by listening to a, just a recording that they would give you in headphones. And the self-guided tour was cheaper than the guided tour. Self-guided tours are always cheaper because you miss things. You, things are left out. It's just a recording. And you walk, go to station number five, and they talk about station number five. Go to station number six, they talk about station number six. But when you are with a tour guide, I mean, there's interaction, there's a real voice, there's extra stories added in, the story becomes bigger, the story becomes illuminated as he tells it, and those are always more because it's a guided tour. All I'm saying is that a guided tour is being tethered to a church. A self-guided tour is just living for God out on my own. That's always cheaper, but you don't get the full impact and the beauty of what the guided tour is going to tell you. In this case, you know, tour in St. Peter's Basilica, tour in the Vatican. Very interesting history and a lot of archaeological uh, statues and paintings. It's just amazing. But the tour guide knew more than the little cassette CD that was hooked on people's belts. We need a church. I'm not living for God on my own. We need a pastor. So I'm asking you to go back and revisit as I wrap up here. Pray. Read the word, keep it there, fast, give, and attend every Sunday, technology or in person. And if you'll begin to work on those, I can assure you this, my friend, your life will be less stressed, there'll be less worry, and you'll feel a renewing in your spirit because God has just stepped in and come closer to where you are. Those are the five things I know. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, every hearer, God, of this word tonight, I pray, Lord, that the message, the revelation would illuminate in their heart and spirit, their family. Anybody that watches it in the coming weeks or months, God, in an archive format, that it would touch them when they hear the word of God and they hear the voice of a pastor, God, that they will be pricked in their hearts, Lord, to do these things and to draw nigh and to draw close unto you during this pandemic, God. Keep us together. Keep us protected. Keep us healthy. Keep us safe. I pray a prayer of blessing over everyone that's watching this, Lord, in the name of Jesus These things are so. And together, someone shout amen. Someone shout amen in Jesus' name. Amen. God is good. God is good. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. If you're available, I'll see you on Sunday. Otherwise, plan on streaming one service, 10 o'clock in the morning. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.